Hello and welcome to the Litany of Saints podcast, coming to you from the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph in Northwest Missouri. I'm your host, Alex, and today I'd like to expand upon one of the things I said in the last episode. But before I do that, I'd like to go over today's gospel reading, uh, which is August 19th, 2019, for any future listeners. The reading today is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 19, verses 16 through 22. A young man approached Jesus and said, Teacher, what good must I do to gain eternal life? He answered him, Why do you ask me about the good? There was only one who was good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. He asked him, Which ones? And Jesus replied, You shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your mother and your father, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All of these I have observed. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you wish to be perfect, go. Sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this statement, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. I wanted to read that for you because I feel like it ties into a bit of what I want to talk about today. On the last episode, I said that with everything going on, with the abuse crisis in the church, it can be hard to be a Catholic nowadays. I feel like I had an opportunity to expand on that, and I didn't take it. Uh, Especially after I was talking about the subject with my fiancé's family yesterday. Uh, A few of us were at a gathering, and we were talking about how this scandal has affected us. So when I was brainstorming ideas for this episode, I had the great idea to give a bit of my own experiences with this, and create a response to that situation that I never got to say. Some time ago, I was working in a grocery store and discussing the Archbishop Vigano statement that came out last year with one of my coworkers, and they asked me about it, and despite my efforts to remain quiet, not not because I was ashamed or anything, but because for some reason religion is a no-go in the workplace. <laughs> Apparently it can be a divisive topic that your bosses don't want you really talking about. But I was trying to be quiet, um, and despite my best efforts, a very Protestant customer overheard the conversation and moved in, as they often do, like wolves on an unsuspecting sheep. And he said to us, Avoid the Catholic Church. There's some very messed up things going on there. Now, at first I was shocked, because I've never had anybody come to me and openly attack the church before. Um, I've a, I'm a convert. I've only been Catholic for a few years, so this was my first uh, taste of it, right? But, you know, I love a good debate. You know, I live for it. I love talking about my faith. I'm very passionate about it. So I was pretty excited. Uh, unfortunately, my supervisor very much knew the kind of person that was and was very aware of my excitement before I could even get a word out. And they moved me away from the customer. But before before I left, the customer went on. 
to say, you'll know which church is true because Jesus says you'll know them by their fruits. Look at all the bad fruit your church has. Okay. Now at that point I wasn't very excited. I was pretty angry. Um, anyone who knows me for any length of time knows that I, I do have a bit of an anger problem. I have a bit of a temper. I think I handle it pretty well, at least a lot better than I used to as a kid, but uh, it doesn't take very much to get me uh, to get me fuming, right? Um, so, I was pretty upset. Um, and when my faith is directly put on blast like that, and I'm not given a chance to respond, well, I mean, it... It made me mad for the rest of the day. Um, and even though I regret not being able to address that at the moment, not being able to respond, um, my boss did make the wise decision and remove me from that situation. Because if you'll excuse the pun, nothing fruitful would come from an argument in public like that. And that's just an example of ways that being a Catholic in today's age can lead to some situations we'd rather avoid. It can be hard, because of the scandal, to be open about your faith. And I never did... I never did get a chance to respond. And it bothered me for a long time. You know, I'd be... I'd be in the shower and I would fantasize about the things I should have said. Or before I'd go to bed, I would be like, oh, I ought to give that guy a piece of my mind. But I never did get to say anything. And it bothered me for a long time. But, well, you know, I had something to say and I didn't get to say it. Now I have to live with my silence. And it was hard for me for a while. But I got over it eventually. And today, I have the chance to say what I should have said at the time. And also, I hope that if there's anybody listening that's been in that situation before, or might be in that situation later, or maybe you just want to know what I have to say anyway, um, this is this is for you guys. And also, um, my fiance's family—they were talking about, like I said, we were talking about how the scandal affected us, how it was hard for us to be Catholic sometimes. Well, this is something we, we can all relate to. And this is, from what I understand, this is a common occurrence. So, this episode is mostly about coming back uh, to that with something something good that we do. And not just something good that we do, but something that like we do that nobody else does very well. Okay, so we're going to talk about fruit today. We are going to talk about the fruit of the Catholic Church, and I'm pretty excited. So, let's get into it. So, you're asking yourself right now, what are the fruits of the Catholic Church? Well, first of all, the Protestants that attack us like that should show a little more gratitude because the scripture they're using to attack Catholicism comes from the Catholic Church. Ironically, we grew the tomatoes, which are a fruit by the way, the enemy uses to throw at us. Next, the Catholic Church has made countless contributions to culture, art and music and what have you, law and academics for equally countless years. But, that's not really what I'm here to talk about today. The one I'm going to talk about today 
is charity and the resources the church spends on bettering the world around it. Statistics are a little hard to come by. We're the Catholic Church is massive, and the way it's the way the money is distributed, it's a mess. So statistics, hard dollar amounts are going to be hard to find. So we're not going to worry too much about solid dollar amounts, but we're going to look at some figures right now. The church operates more than 140,000 schools, 10,000 orphanages, 5,000 hospitals, and 16,000 other health clinics. The estimates for just how much money is spent by Catholic charity organizations is in the billions of dollars, and that's using incomplete information. Um, we're not even factoring in religious orders um, and individual parishes or stuff like that. Um, in much of the third world, the church is the only entity out there offering schooling, medical assistance, um, and just money. The church is the only ones out there doing it in many places. If it wasn't for the Catholic Church and its efforts, these people would have no access to schooling or medical care. That's not something we can just overlook. And in the places where there are hospitals or schools offered, the ones offered by the church provide the same quality of care and are often easier for the poor to afford. Now how's that for fruit? People ironically don't see this. They accuse the church of hoarding money, which is laughable and simply untrue when you show them these kind of numbers. Um, they see a, a big building somewhere and they go, oh, the church is hoarding the money. No, we built that because our faith is a big deal to us. And we we build stuff like that on our own time, you know. And we still find money despite building these massive projects to glorify God. We still find the money to help the people of the world, which is something nobody else can say. So then I'd imagine the next response that you would get from someone if you told them this would be, well, what has the church done for Americans? Now, a quick reminder that Jesus calls us to help our fellow man. He doesn't say anything about fellow Americans. There are more people than just Americans out there. So this is kind of a silly question. Because... Most Americans don't need charity as much as the rest of the world. There are Americans that need charity. And I'll entertain that question anyway because there's a real answer to it. Because the church does help Americans as well as everybody else. In 2013, Louis Jacobson from PolitiFact wrote that Catholic charity work accounts for 17 to 34% of all non-profit social service charity in the United States. 17 to 34% of all nonprofit social service charity. More than any other sole contributor. The United States is a Protestant majority nation, so why is a minority denomination doing most of the work? Some fruit. So the Protestant, knowing that 
they cannot actually compete with these numbers, they begin to get a little upset that they're losing the argument that they started. And you would imagine that because they're upset, their self-declared enemy that they've moved in on as good points, they're going to bring up the abuse scandal again. But let's, let's be clear. The Catholic Church does not have a monopoly on bad men who do bad things. Your child is more likely to be abused by a public school teacher than a Catholic priest. And they are just as likely to be abused by a priest than any other leader in any other religious community. How often do you see on the news, maybe not the national news, but on the local news, how often do you see that some youth group leader somewhere is acting inappropriate with, with the children or has abused somebody? It happens all the time. And that's not just Christianity. Uh, you can find abusive leaders in any organization, especially religious ones where they are put in a position of um, great power over someone's uh, perceived spiritual well-being. It's just a, a fact. The Catholic Church doesn't have a monopoly on those people. So, why do we get all the attention? Well, here's my opinion, okay, um, so don't get your, um, don't get all worked up over this, but I'm going to go on a limb here and say that the Catholic Church gets all the attention, put bluntly, because it's popular to hate on Catholicism, because throughout American history, mind you, this country was mostly founded by Protestants, you had the English, um, you know, the, the 13 colonies were pretty much English. I mean, there were, there were Irishmen and Frenchmen around, right? But, you know, everyone was a Protestant back then, specifically uh, Puritans, which, uh, you know, American Protestantism is its own beast entirely, completely different from European Protestantism, um, because its roots are a little bit different from European Protestantism. So, American Protestantism is its own religion, essentially. And the Catholics that come to America, well, who are they? Well, Catholicism is the religion of the Irish immigrants, the Italian immigrants, the Hispanic immigrants. Now, I don't know if you need to be well-read on history, but just on the top of your head, when you think of Irish immigrants, when you think of Italian immigrants, when you think of Hispanic immigrants... Do you picture people that were treated fairly by the average American citizen? I don't. You know, organizations like the mob, um, well, even Irish mob, uh, street gangs, these criminal groups are so successful when they start because the country that these people came to didn't welcome them the way that they should have so let's use the mob for instance you have a bunch of italian immigrants that come to a place and they're treated unfairly they don't have a they don't have a real chance to achieve the american dream that was sold to them 
So then they start looking out for their own, and these criminal organizations pop up to give them advantages that they wouldn't normally have. Which further creates this kind of, well, all Italians are mobsters thing, and it, it, it creates a big issue for a long time, but the fact of the matter is that the Irish, the Italians, and the Hispanic immigrants, all Catholic, none of them treated very well historically. In their own time... They've all had their struggles coming here. And the Catholic Church is also the enemy of hate groups like the Ku Klux Klan, which started off, you know, they were anti-minority, and that included the Irish and Italians at the time. It was not just black people, because back then, um, and even still today in some parts of the world, Irish and Italians weren't considered white. Well, the Ku Klux Klan was against all minorities, and even targeted Catholics even white Catholics. Well, the Ku Klux Klan and hate groups like it are all ran by evangelical Protestants. I'm not saying that all evangelical Protestants are Ku Klux Klan members. I know several several ones that don't have a hateful bone in their body. But, historically, the Catholic Church and the United States of America at large aren't exactly buddies. Right. America has always treated Catholicism unfairly. And the TV zombies in our culture only know what they see the news guy talk about. The media has always painted us in a bad light. The media controls what people think. So... Because of that, the Catholic Church gets all of the negative attention when scandals like this happen. Which is perfectly fine, as far as I'm concerned, because that helps us get rid of the problem even faster, because there's more pressure. So it's kind of a, it works in our favor, but it still hurts, right? But it doesn't change the fact that we do good. Even our worst fruit is not something you won't find anywhere else on any other tree. And nobody can compete with our best fruit, nor can they compete with the amount of fruit that we produce. It's hard being a Catholic and to be surrounded by people who can't be bothered to understand it. But even with all of the bad going on, our church is an unmatched force for good in the world, and that's a fact. Faithful Catholics, even the most unorthodox of the bunch, completely understand the gospel I read earlier. It's hard sometimes to give up our money and possessions. After all, we work so hard for them. But, when faced with the rampant poverty of the world, nobody responds to it quite like Catholic families who do not hesitate to put what they can in the collection plate or donation boxes to help those in need. Last time I talked about how we needed to pray more and amend our lives to beat the evil in the church today. Well, if we have more families that don't hesitate to put what they can in collection, more people like that, that's what's going to save us. Those are the people that we need more of if we are going to achieve victory over the evil men in our church right now.
So before I go, if there's any takeaway from this, you come in these situations in the future, and you will, I guarantee it, you will. So remember, Catholic charity work accounts for 17 to 34% of all nonprofit social service charity in the United States. 17 to 34%, depending on uh, how generous you're being, there's apparently some gray area in that. Um, you can look up, uh, I didn't write down the name of the article, but um, it's by Lewis Jacobson on PolitiFact. And it was written in 2013, March of 2013. So, if you can find that article, it's a good read and it proves the point pretty well. Um, so, 17 to 34% of all nonprofit social service charity work in the United States. Remember that. Because that right there alone is going to help you through arguments that you might run into or unpleasant situations. And then remind yourself... The Catholic Church operates more than 140,000 schools, 10,000 orphanages, 5,000 hospitals, and 16,000 health clinics around the world. Um, the amount of money that we spend on charity is in the billions of dollars. So, I would say that if we are judging things by their fruit, then the Catholic Church is the most fruitful tree that you could come across in today's world. This is the Litany of Saints podcast. Thank you for listening, and God be with you.